Hey guys, welcome back to SEWCT. I'm Chef T, your host. And today we're gonna change it up just a little bit for you guys. I had an amazing interview with a good friend of mine. She has a podcast, her name is Christine. We also, uh, we, we both were actually in the same culinary school um, and pretty much in the same field of studying food, nutrition. She's an energetic nourishment coach natural foods chef integrative nutritionist with a passion and expertise in holistic health and natural healing so if you are not following her i highly highly recommend you go to instagram and you follow energetic nourishment now i'm going to make it a little bit easier for you I'm going to have her link right in this podcast description for you to click on and you can listen to so many of her interviews, her her insights in this field. And she is such an inspiration to many, including myself. So click that link, follow her and tune in to what she has going on currently. All right. So I don't want to hold you guys up. I want to get right into this interview. Uh, this was posted back on September 3rd on her podcast. I'm going to have her podcast link also in this podcast description for you guys to click on as well. So click those links, guys, and tune in. All right, here we go. Peace. Welcome to the Soul Science Nutrition Podcast, where you'll discover that when it comes to your health, you're so much more powerful than you've been led to believe. And now, your host. She's a holistic nutrition and lifestyle coach, chef, author, and yogi, Christine Ocasey. Hello, and welcome to the Soul Science Nutrition Podcast. I'm Christine O'Casey. Thanks so much for tuning in today. On today's show, I sit down with my friend and colleague from my culinary school days, Tito Dudley, or Chef T. Chef T is a celebrity chef, actor, fitness specialist, and natural bodybuilder. For the past 25 years, Tito has been a passionate advocate for healthy living after beating cancer at the age of 15. Tito's journey opened his eyes to the healing powers of natural foods, a consistent exercise routine, faith, and community. He's the founder of Simple Eats, a company dedicated to helping people stay healthy with simple, healthy meals. You can learn more about Tito at his Instagram handle, Official Chef T. You can also check out his website, simpleeats.com, and tune into his podcast, SEWCT, Simple Eats with Chef T. Tito's mission to educate people about the importance of healthy living is a powerful testament to all the beautiful realizations gathered throughout his journey from cancer fighter to cancer survivor. I hope you enjoy today's show. Hey, Tito, welcome to the podcast. It's so good to see you again. Christine, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Tito, your passion for nutrition and fitness um, and health really began at a young age. I would just love if you could just tell us about that journey. Journey, like you said, started at the age of 15. I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's uh, disease at the time. And um, I was in you know high school and it was definitely a, a huge shift in my life. I grew up in church 
I attended a lot of um, outreach and missionary trips. So I continue that during my whole time of diagnosis and chemotherapy for six months. Actually, we, we actually went out to Russia during that time to help uh, orphans. My situation became also a rewarding situation for younger kids. A horrific diagnosis that, yes, it was scary and frightening, but I basically used that as a way to inspire others at a young age. I got into bodybuilding, got into fitness, got into personal training. Um, The cancer was sort of like this gateway that kind of opened up doors and inspired me to become a person that can inspire others to live Mm -hmm. a healthier lifestyle through whatever that means for them, because everyone's Mm -hmm. lifestyle is different. Everyone's mindset is different. Everyone's physical mentality, spirituality is all different. And Mm -hmm. it's knowing how to find that within themselves. And um, you harness that to move forward through life and see all the opportunities there are for them. Mm. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Yeah. So you went on to explore one of your passions, which was natural bodybuilding. Can you share with us how that played a part in your healing journey? I was always fascinated with bodybuilding at a young age. I was fascinated more so not, not, not about the aesthetics of like getting up on stage and showing your body, but I always saw it as sort of like an art. So I gravitated to that and, you know, bodybuilding became sort of my, I want to say my temple, a place where I would go, especially during my fight for uh, when I was going through cancer, uh, a place where I would go and kind of let loose mentally and physically mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. even spiritually. It, it, it would be sort of my place where I would focus on myself, you know, uh, use that moment to meditate. Uh, you know, I know everyone has their own form of mm-hmm. way of meditating or connecting to to God or higher power, however you're looking at it. Mm-hmm. And that was sort of my place of connection. And I, I harnessed that to really get through those hard times, those moments in my life where I felt like I was uh, either, you know, struggling or not pushing forward and stuff like that, you know. Such a huge um, awareness for the importance of mindset, you know, at a, such a young age. Um, yeah. And it, I think these days, you know, mindset is kind of really where the action is in terms of being able to navigate all the issues around health, all the fears and concerns around health, right? So yeah. in the work that you do, um, you know, what inspires you to keep going? That's a great question. I. I think the world inspires me. I think a lot of things, a lot of chronic issues we're, we're seeing or have seen really stems from lifestyle, I think. You know, yeah. I'm not going to say 100%, but right. a, a huge portion of it, I believe, stems from lifestyle. I think just seeing the world from the outside looking in is sort of like my burning fire of why I want to keep pushing forward. And why I want to try to innovate with what's going on in the world. How do I, you know, change with the times and be sort of like an inspiration to uh, the younger generation growing up? I, you know, I look at my niece, my younger niece, you know, three, four years old. I think she's turning four in a couple of days. So Mm -hmm. I I envision how she would be, you know, Mm -hmm. growing up into this world, how she's going to learn. So, yeah, people inspire me. 
Yeah. <laughs> People inspire me. Be the change that I can be in this world. Yeah. Thank you. I love that. Well, certainly your journey and how you harnessed your life and health challenge is an inspiration to so many people who are perhaps struggling with their health or concerns with their health. Now, your lifestyle-based um, media platform, Simple Eats, has a beautiful focus on helping people simplify and actualize healthy eating and healthy living. And you have built um, a platform on helping people become skillful eaters. Can you explain what you mean, what that looks like in 2020 to be a skillful eater? Sure. Uh, you know, I, I really got inspired when I read in um, the creator for Whole Foods, who kind of like started the whole thing. Um, and in there, I love how he articulated skillful eaters. And I was like, wow, that's that's exactly what I'm trying to do. Yes. Um, I'm not trying to tell someone you can't eat what you're eating, but I'm trying to tell someone if you eat a certain way, you can better your lifestyle in the long run. It's mm-hmm. kind of like investing. You know, you can either invest now and slowly grow, compound interest, get your get your bank account big when you retire, however you want to look at it. And I see that as nutrition too at the same time. You start early, hopefully long-term, you'll have a better lifestyle. Yes. I mean, there's obviously there's a lot of things we can't predict, you know, uh, that's out of our control. But the one thing we can actually uh, take control of is what we pick up and put in our mouth. Look, I mean, when I got into bodybuilding and bodybuilding is extreme in terms of like calculating your caloric intake, yes. your, your macros. And I, I, I'm not looking for the average person to do that. It, it is challenging. But if you get to the point of doing it, I think it's a great challenge. And one mm-hmm. of the things in life that I, I as, as growing up, I always like challenging myself with stuff that I didn't like. Mm-hmm. I see challenges different than maybe most people see challenges. Uh, challenges can either bring the best out of you or it could bring the worst. And mm-hmm. I always try to go for the best. Yeah. So from cancer survivor to natural bodybuilder, fitness specialist, and natural food chef, you've worn a lot of hats. Um, and in your pursuit of supporting folks to adopt and live a healthy lifestyle, can you reflect back and share what has been the most inspirational experience that you have been personally involved in to date? I think all the opportunities I've had has been an amazing inspiration to myself. I mean, cooking for celebrities is, you know, that's cool. That's great. But I think when I cooked for a first ascent organization, uh, which deals with cancer patients, uh, fighters and survivors was a combination of the two. You know, it was inspirational and challenging simply because it was, it was inspired. It was definitely inspiring for me as a survivor to see other survivors that are out there, all walks of life mm. who are either dealing with or had dealt with what I've gone through. Yeah. And it was very healing for me when I, when I did cook for them because I have never, ever thought about going to any sort of groups after my diagnosis. So it just really touched my heart and it was Mm -hmm. inspiring. It was really inspiring for me to see their strength, their struggle and sharing my story along with them, you know, really just opened my eyes up and just reminded me that, you know, as human beings, we're all connected. Yeah. Right. And Mm -hmm. we're all dealing with something. We're all struggling. We're all trying to navigate ourselves through life. 
um, you know, we're all trying to create our own story, leave our mark, inspire others. Right. And yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. There, there are hard moments that we all deal with, whether it's cancer, whether it's um, diabetes, obesity, whatever chronic issue that, you know, someone is facing or dealing with. I, I think it was just a really good reminder that you're not alone. Right. Yeah. And when we're struggling with metabolic disease, food health issues, um, it can be very isolating. And um, I think to your point that food in the way, particularly in the way that you have um, inspired people around it, around it, is it's about connection. You know, it's this very human uh, connection, right? It's connected Absolutely. to so many things. I mean, for one, it's an outlet for creativity um, for you, for sure. But it's also this, you know, pathway to to self empowerment when it comes to taking care of yourself. So um, it's a very human thing. I've always that's always kind of stuck out with me. You know, going to becoming a chef and everything. It, it's yeah. it's you know, no other species has the um, the opportunity or the luxury, I should say, to actually. Sure get really super conscious about food in this area. And I love that about the work that you've done. So yeah, it's, it's about connection for sure. 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 I mean, food is like music. It, you know, it holds emotion and it connects, it connects mm-hmm. you to your uh, childhood mm-hmm. and, you know, those stories behind it and stuff like that. Uh, I think the hardest part with me with uh, just cooking for first ascents was just dealing with the stories afterwards. Some people, unfortunately passed on sure. because they, they didn't make it or, you know, their cancer came back. So a yes. lot of that over time just was very hard to hear and deal with, you know, very similar to, you know, I always compare it to like, you know, someone out in the field in the military, you know, you, you develop like brother and sisterhood with mm-hmm. those uh, that you can familiarize yourself with. And when you see them leave or pass away or something happens, you feel that connection even more. So that, 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 that right there is uh, definitely emotionally the heart was the hardest part for me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so your, your film, your, your award-winning indie film that you made some years back, the United States of atrophy. So I rewatched yeah. that um, oh. recently <laughs> and what came through is, is at least how it landed for me. And I'd be curious to know, have, you know, retrospectively, when you look back at that film, what came through obviously was the incredible focus on the nutrition and the physical rigor, you know, of it in terms of the transformation. But the essence of the film that I got was that it was so much more about emotional and sort of heart driven, you know, true grit came from, from this heart motivation that you had for your family and for your brother. Right. Mm. So I'm curious, like looking back on that, given that we're talking kind of about mindset and emotions and true inspiration around health, um, what are your takeaways retrospectively of that period in your life? It was definitely driven by family for sure. Yeah. Uh, emotional connection, love. I, I wanted to really show one what it takes to get the results at that extreme level, but yes. what, what it just takes to just get results in general. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be extreme as bodybuilding, but you, you have to put in the work. Yeah. Like you, you can't just sit at home and hope that something is just going to fall in your lap and it's just going to do its thing. And, you know, you're just going to get better. Being stagnant doesn't bring results. Mm-hmm. And I think connecting with the right people, whether it's family or friends in a community, 
can be extremely healthy mentally, physically, and even spiritually. Yeah. Um, yeah. It reminds me sort of like, I, I don't know if you ever read the book Outliers. Yes. Uh, I, mm-hmm. So there, there, there's a part in there, I believe. I don't want to, I hope I'm not mixing up books. Malcolm but I Gladwell? believe there's a part. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. There's a part in there he speaks about in a, uh, a group from Italy that uh, was in Pennsylvania, a part of Pennsylvania, and how they didn't eat the greatest healthy diet that we're used to eating yes. nowadays. Or like, it wasn't like a keto diet. Yes. It wasn't like this fag, <laughs> you know, like it wasn't any of that. It was just, their focus was really on community. And because yes. they were so focused on community and that connection, mm-hmm. they live a very long life. Yeah, yeah. Right? I, and I it think just it's shows key. you. Yeah. yeah, that just shows you how important it is community is. Um, and your community doesn't have to be like this ginormous, you know, <laughs> it, it, you know, it could be a few people that you trust and love and you're in the same level or maybe not on the same level. Maybe they could be on a high level to help bring you up, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, thank you. So speaking of that, um, getting support, um, one of the things that I know that uh, cancer survivors um, can be grappling with is sort of, I want to call it PTSD, but a form of PTSD where every time they get sick or they have a cold or we're in a pandemic and we hear about, you know, risk factors for this, that, and the other, I have some clients who are very fearful, you know, of, of the diagnosis coming back, et cetera. What do you do or what, what have you done or what guidance would you have for people? Cause you've worked with a lot in this space. Sure. Um, and and you know what I've dealt with a lot of that stuff even even in my early days okay. of diagnosis you know walking into the hospital and you know having you know just reminiscences of like what I went through or if I get sick the same thing yeah. um, feeling feeling like you know it's coming back yeah um, honestly it, you know cannabis has been very helpful mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those that want to go that route I, I felt like it it really. I'm not going to say it cures it, it takes it away, but it helps with taking the edge off and calming you down and relaxing you. Mm-hmm. I think I think being active is also very helpful mm-hmm. throughout my life, even throughout my diagnosis, I have always been active. And, you know, yes. creating those silent moments of just being with yourself, you know, meditating, praying, mm-hmm. and has been helpful as well. Mm-hmm. If you can silent that noise and be present, it can really help to uh, refocus your mind. Mm-hmm. That's what I believe. Uh, and all of yeah. that has been, you know, extremely helpful for myself. Um, and going back to community, you know, talking about it, uh-huh. you know, being yeah. a part of groups, you know, like I said, by default, I was the chef who cooked for a cancer group, but yeah. benefited from it because I was cooking for a group that dealt yeah. with the same thing I dealt with. So yes. if you're able to connect with, I mean, you know, you, whoever's listening, they can look up First Descent's cancer mm-hmm. organization, and I'm not sure what yes. they're uh, what, what's going on now with them sure. um, because of the pandemic. But if you can find even groups online, I think would be helpful. You know, um, staying active, finding groups, to, uh, communities that you could connect with with similarities, it's extremely helpful. Yeah, uh, to navigate and stay. You know, staying active doesn't mean you have to go to the gym. Going going out on walks, trail walks, you know, stuff like that. You know, yeah. gets the body moving and circulating, gets the yes. blood pumping, and you know, you're getting energy just from doing that. Yeah, um, and, yeah. and it helps to refocus. You know, 
those negative thoughts negative that you're thoughts. probably yeah you're probably dealing with. So you you know um, you you've you've become an expert on the use of cannabinoids in health, sure. but seriously, it's a huge field. You know, um, yeah. tell tell us about like what's one common myth? Like, let's say someone listening is like, yeah, I've heard of that. I'm not really sure what that is. You know, what's one common myth about cannabis, CBD, etc., that you work to dispel when you start talking to people about the potential healing properties? I think the common myth is probably the typical what we we've always heard of you know it's the drug is going to get you high and do crazy things you know stuff like that mm-hmm. and it really isn't um if you look at cannabis like wine or food you'll notice that each strain is different mm-hmm. you know like spices each spice is different each spice holds different nutritional value to it and purpose uh the same thing with cannabis cannabis can either really uh, it can either give you a little bit of energy or it can could bring you down some. And it really depends on the purpose. What, what, what is your specific purpose? You yes. know, for Teresa's treatment with her, her chemo, they suggested her using cannabis. I mm-hmm. think there's a lot of great studies that are coming out there. It's still in the early days, but there are a lot of great studies that are coming out there, you know, showing, teaching people the purpose of cannabis outside of just recreational. Yeah. And I I have no, I mean, that's great. You can, you know, have cannabis however you want, but I think it's also important to really educate people on the importance of using it even separate from that. And honestly, I really, I only got into cannabis, uh, when my mom got diagnosed with breast cancer and I started making my own oils. That was honestly the first time I, and that was five years ago. Okay. So it's, it's early for me too. Yeah, no, that's fascinating. <laughs> but, but, but I, I am extremely fascinated with the whole endo, endo cannabinoid system, mm-hmm. of, you know, the mm-hmm. whole discovery of that on how, you know, cannabis can help create homeostasis. Mm. It could be uh, something that could be implemented into someone's lifestyle versus giving them like an opioid that can just cause more damage. So I, I definitely think it's it's yes. something to consider yes. uh, with all the anxiety that's out there. Yeah. Uh, but obviously always, you know, check with your local, uh, whoever you're a practitioner. What, what, are some are good, well. what are some good resources that have helped you? CB1 Capital is, drawing okay. blank on the guy's name, that's a great company. They, they also talk about investments too in the whole cannabis world, but they always have, if you follow their Twitter handler, Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll find that they always post in some great articles uh, with some reputable websites and stuff like that. CB1 Capital. Great. I'll put um, that in the um, notes. Uh-huh. Yeah, CB1 Capital is great. Leafly.com is also great because they actually break down each strain and give you their story, their mm-hmm. nutritional value, and why you should be using it, which is really cool. Excellent. It l- literally is just like wine. It's kind of like wine tasting, but with cannabis. Yeah. That's fascinating. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I mean, I I really do think we sort of need to overcome this misconception about its use um, and look at what the research is starting to really say about the medicinal value. Um, I think it's really um, a great move in the direction of 
fully understanding the benefits or the untapped benefits of more natural uh, plant-based medicine. Um, so I think we're, we're going in the right direction with that. But let's get back to food. And I'd be really curious to know if you could share with us you know, some tips, um, your best guidance for people just trying to get started here or perhaps just find some new motivation or inspiration for you know, in, being in the kitchen and cooking healthy for themselves, especially during these crazy times. Keeping it simple as possible is is key. I always find um, simplicity to be the best easy goal to start out with before trying to do these do like any sort of like fancy sort of recipe um, for yourself. And you'll find that because you're busy, maybe kids are at home, dogs, whatever your situation is during this pandemic, you want to keep it simple. And when you keep it simple, it's less stressful and if you're able to just start out even with just one meal a day to make that one meal a day, the healthiest meal, I think you're, you're on a road to better health for yourself. I don't think you have to like really focus on trying to get every single meal in. And this is for those that's just trying to, you know, just kind of like start out and just, you know, they're trying to figure their way and navigate their way through life during this crazy time. Um, You know, pick one meal and make it the healthiest you know, that's simple. And from there, try to build upon that creates sort of like a repetition for yourself. Mm-hmm. If you're, if you're doing one meal for the next two, three weeks and you feel like that's working, mm-hmm. aim to do that for the second meal. Then next nice. thing you know, maybe all your meals are exactly where it's supposed to be. You know, yeah. I, you know, 80, 20 rule has been, has been like a great rule to follow. I think as you mm-hmm. continue to educate yourself, get older and just, want to stay healthy, that ratio starts to change and lean towards more of a healthier approach. That's great. And and at 20 starts to be maybe five. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That's what I find for myself. You know, as you, as you just get older, man, you, you're just like, do I really want to eat that and deal with the consequences tomorrow or the next few days on how my body feels and have to recover? Yeah. You get older, you, your recovery time is insane. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's this funny thing, you know, they say, oh, you know, my, bo- my body forgive, forgave me for that. I'm like, yeah, but the body never forgets. That's the thing exactly. about the body. It doesn't exactly. forget. Eventually, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> there's, some, uh, there's some feedback that you're not really excited about. <laughs> exactly, exactly. What's the non-negotiable tool in your self-care kit these days, speaking of caring for our, our bodies and our minds? Movement has always been a key for me. Got to move the body. You know, I always go back to the lymphatic system and how that works. It works Mm -hmm. with movement. If you don't move, your lymphatic system can't really work. So you can't get rid of like the toxins that are in your body the way you should be. And movement is key. Absolutely. It it doesn't have to be some vigorous CrossFit workout, you know, Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. high intensity workout. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone is of different ages, different lifestyle, different physical ability. So I, I think it's kind of like, you know, how walking into a supermarket can be overwhelming with all these for sure. you know, produce and companies, mm-hmm. you know, trying to sell you stuff. Same thing with workouts. It can be overwhelming because there's so much out there. But if mm-hmm. you stick to the simplest thing as just like five minute, 10 minute walk, you know, mm-hmm. or a bike ride, mm-hmm. or if you're in your house and you want to put on a YouTube video of, of right. salsa a salsa lesson and right. do some dancing. It's still movement, right? Yeah. You know, just yes. movement is key. 
Now, within that, you, you'll start to find kind of like food and culture. You start to find what you gravitate to, different mm-hmm. spices. So the same thing, different exercises, different movement that works well for you. And you stick with that and you just build a routine off of that. So let's get personal for a bit. You know, as you look back um, on the last couple of decades uh, as a cancer survivor, what are some strategies you think have really served you when it comes to staying healthy and overcoming your diagnosis? As a survivor, I think it's really important to know that life has changed and you, you want to, you don't want to introduce any sort of bad habits, if there were any, in terms of uh, your health after your cancer treatment. You want to maintain a healthy diet for yourself and keep introducing foods that it will continue to build your immune system. When I went through my treatment, and I, I remember telling this to a friend, I, I went through my treatment, and I can't speak for everyone, but hopefully my story can be an inspiration for those. I got into bodybuilding. So if I look back at like my own personal data of myself and my lifestyle, I went through six months of aggressive uh, chemotherapy. Then from there, I got, I, and I worked out through that in, entire time and continued to work out, got into bodybuilding. And now if, if anybody knows like bodybuilding or any sort of like competition, there's always, there's always some sort of fasting uh, or some mm. sort of restrict restriction on your eating uh, intake. And there's a lot of movement. Mm. So I created for over two decades of like a little over two decades of a lot of movement, uh, a lot of fasting, a lot of um, um, reintroducing of certain foods, limiting my, my intake of any sort of processed foods Mm -hmm. uh, at a a really high scale. Mm -hmm. So in my head, I'm thinking that that serves some sort of purpose. Sure. Right? That yes. serves some, 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 so it, there is an, there's an importance to, I think, fasting, which okay. many people are talking about now. That's you right. know, the whole eight hour fasting, whatever, yep. or, yep. you know, fast within. And I've done that. The keto diet I've done back in like the early 2000s. And, and that's still like when you look at the keto diet, when you look at any sort of diet, there, there is a sort of fasting that is taking place. You're taking an individual from their everyday lifestyle of eating yes. to this certain style of eating, which yes. is, you know, either decreasing in caloric intake by default because you're following their program or changing up foods, whatever that case is. So I think there's a big importance, you know, whether it's cancer or not, of uh, implementing fasting, implementing um, movement, you know, into your, into your lifestyle. I think one thing, you know, I know is that our bodies work so much better when we find a rhythm to our daily life, you know, kind of um, body, the nervous system loves routine. The nervous system loves sort of a consistent, you know, as much as we can in, in 2020, eating and waking and sleeping and moving schedule, right? Yes. Um, it's just kind of how we are able to more easily find that homeostasis. So to your point, I do think that fasting or restricted, you know, restrictive window eating, however you want to look yes. at that, there's certainly enough research that shows that, you know, you give your body a break, essentially, you know, and that makes a lot of sense, I think, even at the most fundamental level. Because most of what people do when they are really gotten to the point where they're struggling with a healthy lifestyle is there is no rhythm or routine. You know, it's catch can, it's overwhelm, analysis paralysis, you know, any combination mm. of that. 
So I think to your point, you know, once again, we come back to your journey, which is really kind of, you got to kind of dig deep and, you know, for this level of inspiration, because this is work to your point, taking care of ourselves is important work. It's not, shouldn't be horrible, horrible, but it's important work, right? It requires intention. It requires um, goal setting, right? Um, so I, I think to your point, it's it, the bodybuilding, um, yes, is relative to everybody else. That's a very extreme venue for learning about health and your body. But modern day living, we're completely disconnected from our bodies. Yeah. Is it any wonder that, you know, we're, we're faced with so much symptom? And yeah, moment, yeah. Right? No, I, I, yeah, I definitely agree. You, you definitely become more sensitive to yes. how your body feels for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's huge. It's huge. So um, if you could have a billboard with an inspirational message to help people on their health journey, Chef Tito says what? Be who you are, love yourself, and continue to maneuver through life knowing that you're not alone. Mm, That is so beautiful. That is so beautiful. And has faith played a huge role in your journey? Faith is always a huge role in my journey. Has always been. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Never disconnect your faith. Yeah. Yeah. And so if one more last question here, um, what's the most important thing you've learned in life thus far? Life is always changing. You got to, you got to be prepared to uh, mold with the change. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. All right. Well, if you were in my shoes, is there any question maybe that I should have asked you? Um, I think we covered a lot. You know, I, you know, I, I definitely hope whoever is listening in is inspired and continue to make the changes in, in their lifestyle and be the inspiration for themselves and others in their community. You know, yes. I, I hope they uh, get that from this podcast. Okay. Well, it's been such a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much. A gift to have you on the show. Thank and you. Keep, Thanks for having uh, me. Keep doing all the beautiful work that you're doing. Thank you. Thank you so much, Christine. It was a pleasure. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Oh, thank you.